It's the end of the year. You know what that means. It's the Scrappies. Who's the best? Who's the prettiest? What the fuck? All that and more tonight on Scrapcast. Guess who, motherfuckers? We back. <clears throat> Scrapcast. Special edition. Yes, super secret show. Unlocked. We are we are here. Nobody knew this was gonna happen. I mean we knew. Y'all didn't know. So fucking very fucking Kwanzaa to you. Yep. Right. Bonus season three show, end of the year. Alright, so what we're gonna do here is uh give out the scrappies tonight and everybody fuck scrappy. Woo! Yeah. So fucking alright. Um Got a lot of different categories here. Um, before we do all that, as always, your host, Ace, Mr. Will, Mr. Will, how you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? Doing good. All right. Um, kind of w- was hoping we'd have more snow by this time. Fucking A. But, uh, yeah, maybe in due time. We'll see. It'll be March. It'll start snowing. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess that's we gotta go all right like right. a round one all right um round one there's no rounds there's no rounds all in this right one, guys. um all right so let's let's just start um with we got a lot of different categories tonight um end of the year awards um let's start with walkout song of the year walkout song of the year um <clears throat> i gotta give this one to the korean zombie Oh, okay. Nice. Um, you know that he's probably gonna retire. He didn't get to go out on a loss. Um, but the cranberries, zombie, zombie. by yeah. the cranberries yeah. for Korean zombies. Um, which you know, he's a pretty violent guy. You wouldn't think it'd be, you know, a slow contemporary song like Zombies by an Irish band like the Cranberries, but <laughs> you know, you gotta give a shout out to Zombie. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good pick. Um Yeah. I was happy to see it. The only thing that I would have said, I guess, in some sort of like uh, other way about it is like he should have been using it his whole fucking career, you know, right. instead of at the very end of his career, right. because it's a classic song to be played in the arena type setting. Mm-hmm. So um, especially over like in Europe and stuff, they always sing it and get really into it um, for the football games. Right. So, uh Yeah. Um, no, it was, that was a good one. That was against Max Holloway when he yep. fought Holloway, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, yeah, my pick for walkout song of the year. Now, see, I went, I went two ways with this okay. because here was what I was thinking: Are we, are we talking about the best walkout song, like, like performance, like the best walkout song at the best time? You know what I'm saying? Like that? Are we talking about the right song with the right fighter so that every time you hear it, you're like, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. how that's how I was like kind of confused. I was like, is it who did who had the best like walkout song performance um, versus who has maybe the better soundtrack? Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, for sure. Or who has a song that you already particularly like and it's one of your favorite songs and they walk out to it. Yeah. So that makes it the best walkout song. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of ways to look at it. 
So what'd you go with? <laughs> so um, um, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Jack Della Mandalena with the UFC 284 ACDC TNT. Um, <laughs> okay. I have to, um, and not, and, and here's why. Here's why. Not only was it perfect for like you know um, he's Australian from New Zealand, right? right? Isn't he? New Zealand, Australian, one of the two. Uh, your guess would be as good as mine. Yeah, um, um, I'm pretty curious. Um, but then he comes out, and like you hear the fucking the you know the dun 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 dun, dun and uh, it's a uh, what Australian. Yeah, it's Australian. So yeah. that's fitting. Yeah. Um. So not only is it fitting, but then you hear the fucking music, and then the oi. Oi, so it starts the chant, right? Before you even see him. Because yeah, it's part of the song. Yeah. Right? And then when he sh- when they show him, on the first time you get to see him, is him coming out under the walkway. And the fucking lyrics are like, See me rise out the sunset on your color TV <laughs> screen. It was like fucking some... Uh, it was like a music video. I mean, I've literally said that before on this fucking podcast, but it wasn't. It was like, it fit perfect. It was literally like watching a movie, like when they fucking, yeah. you know, sync it up that way. And then it was so good that then a bunch of other Australian fighters I seen afterwards, or maybe not just even Australian. I know there was at least another Australian, but I think somebody else that wasn't Australian would come out this year using that song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think ACDC's music period lends itself to being good walkout entrance music. It gets you amped. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows it. You know, look at some of the song titles they've got, like Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap, perfect for mm-hmm. UFC yeah, fighters, balls, right? right? Yeah. Um, big Balls, If You Want Blood, You've Got It, mm-hmm. um, Thunderstruck. Yeah, I just, I, I do. But if you're from Australia, I think it makes it even better, right? Because they're, they're yeah. an Australian rock band, yeah. so it kind of, it's like, you know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> right. Um. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of ones that I was flirting with. One of the ones I wished I could have put up there would have been, um, it wasn't from 2023 though, which is why I ultimately couldn't, was uh, Mike Perry coming out to Beyonce's Halo. Jesus Christ, really? Okay. Because he didn't want Beyonce's Halo. He wanted the Halo video game theme song oh, really? to come out to. Oh, really? And so he told them Halo. And they gave him Beyonce's Halo. Oh, wow. So he was all sorts of pissed off when he was coming out. That's hilarious. I would have thought he would have wanted Soil's Halo. (laughs) Do you remember that song? Yeah. Yeah, actually, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was a good one. No, he wanted the Halo theme song. Oh. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. So let's move on from that to which one do you want to move on to? You pick. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go up my list. Robbery of the Year. Okay. So... um, this is a real subjective, right? Because it depends on how you scored it at home um, versus how the cage side judges saw the fight. Um, there's all these media. Generally, what's considered a robbery is when the majority of the media, because they scored as well as they're watching it, if the overwhelming majority sees it one way and the judges ringside get it another way, you know, that tends to be um seen it as a real robbery i went with something a little bit more personal to me um i know that the media judges were fairly split on this one um but i went with uh volk versus islam one 
Oh, okay. As Robbery of the Year. And not that there probably weren't worse decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, that Munya's fight we recently saw Mm -hmm. comes to mind. But as far as the stakes, as far as Volk coming up and Islam looking unbeatable and Volk making him look very beatable, I mean, I'm almost finishing him there at the end of the fifth. Yeah. And then, you know, not being able to get the judge's nod, I felt that was the Robbery of the Year. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good point. Um, you kind of stole my thunder because obviously I was going to say Andre Munoz because that fucking guy is fucking, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, um, but no, um, that's a really good one. Um, it's not the right one, but that's a really good one. It's not the right one. The right Wrong one. Wrong answer. The, the right answer for robbery of the year is UFC and Endeavor robbing the fucking fighters. That's, oh, that's the robbery shit. of the year. Oh, so, uh, damn. Shots fired. Shots fired. Fucking stealing their lunch money. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, no I, I agree with you. I definitely... There was there was some other ones that were definitely... Uh, could have been robbery of the year, and I think that one in particular we can, we'll end up talking about later, but we will uh, move along from that. So, at least on this one, we agree. Scrappy of the year. You had that too? Yeah. All right. Official Scrappy. Yep, goes to Alexander. <laughs> the Bukowski unanimous scrappy for the first <clears throat> Islam fight. Okay, so nice. So they're one and one in your book, then. I see. I was... Yep, yep, <laughs> straight up. All right, we will move on from uh, robbery of the year to prospect of the year. Um, this could also be looked at as contender of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, who, if you were going to put your money down, who is going to be the next champion? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of whatever their weight division is. Maybe not the next fight, but next couple fights. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you were going to bet, like, for sure, when this guy or woman gets their title shot, they're yeah. going to be the next champion. Yeah, you can see the skill set. You can see they pass the eye test when they fight. Yeah. And you can tell they've got what it takes. Yep, exactly. So, um, this one was um, a, a little difficult. There was a lot of different ones to pick from, but... I think I know where you're going to go, and because of that, I'm going to say um, almost, it could almost be tied into robbery of the year. If this oh, if this person doesn't get their fucking title shot, it oh, will God, be robbery yeah, of the year. I know where you're going okay? with this. Remember the name. Oh, Jesus. All right? Bilal Muhammad. Okay. If that, when that dude gets his title shot, he's taking that fucking title. You think so? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes, I I bet whatever you want to bet. Okay, you think it'll and be... any of you fucks listening too, I bet you too. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that bet. I don't. I think it'll be a good fight, but I don't think he's beating Leon. Yep. Yeah. Next champion. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first, guys. Um, but that's assuming he gets the title, <laughs> the shot. title shot. And if it's not, it'll be robbery of the next year. All right. I'm telling you. Because they already fuck. W- it should be robbery of the last year. I know. I know. They already want to put Shavkat in there. I know. They're like, all right, all right. You fucking you beat Gilbert Burns. Okay, you get a title shot. No, or you beat Sean Brady. Okay, you get a title shot. Yeah. And then they're like, no, actually, now you gotta fight Gilbert Burns. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you beat Gilbert Burns. Now you get a title shot. I yeah. promise. Actually, you're not gonna get a title shot. I don't know. Is he on like twelve fight winning streak or something like that? So I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Anyways, you, what do you got? Okay, uh, so I had a hard time narrowing this down, and I got it down to two. I'm gonna give it a, a tie. Um, Brendan Allen at 185 mm-hmm. in the UFC, and uh, Benoit Saint Denis. Wow. At lightweight. Wow. So both of these guys have shot up the ranks. Wow. Both of these guys scored three finishes mm-hmm. in the 2023 calendar year in their mm-hmm. division. These guys are gunning. They're coming hard. Yeah. So I got... Pause. Um, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> he said pause. It's, it's, um, 
it's a say. Like when you say something that could be considered uh, um, sus, then you say pause. <laughs> We've done this before, and it's and it gets you every time. I, it's funny. <clears throat> Anyways, okay. sorry. Yeah. So Brendan, Brendan Allen, Benoit Saint Denis. Um, these are two guys I'm looking to make major waves in, in the top three of their divisions. Okay. If not. I thought you would have said Shavkat Rachmanov because it's pretty much written in the stars at this point that that dude's going to be the next champion, Yeah, right? Um, I put him down on my list as well, but another one that I want to profile, um, I'm giving my award to Bilal because if nothing else, he deserves that award this year. He deserves more, but he definitely gets that one. Um, but another one I wanted to put was Aaron Blanchfield. There I think that fucking nice. dude. I think that she. Nice. I, I, I everything that has she's shown me yep. over the last year is that like she's a threat with the submission. She's a threat on the feet. She can weather the storm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I I really am looking forward to this uh, Min, uh, Monroe. What's her name? Faroe fight. Man and Man and Faroe. Yeah, yeah, Man and Faroe. I'm really looking forward to this Faroe fight. Um, because, um, yeah, I mean, I like both of these um, ladies. I think they're at the top of the division. It's one of those, like, matchups you feel like you don't, you wouldn't normally get until one of them was champion and the other one was surgeon. Agreed. But we're going to get it beforehand. And, um, yeah, I really see Blanchfield holding the title. By this time next year, I think she'll be the champion. All right. So. Well, that'll set up the rematch when Men wins her next couple fights and gets and gets up there yep. yeah exactly yeah and and that's a fucking that's an awesome division right now there's a lot of potential in that division yep. so it's awesome all right um what you got all right moving on up rookie of the year all right but before we do that let's uh let's give a little little taster right here i'll um, taste you guys we're here. doing a holiday uh themed show here tonight so we're drinking you know Fucking possibly fucking, you know, doing something else. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, yeah, uh, cheers, motherfucker. Cheers to all you out there listening. Yeah, cheers. If you're, if you're drinking with us, it's shot time, right? Yeah. So. You want to play a long part of the game? That's how it works. <laughs> all right. Rookie. Rookie of the year. So I saw this as a brand new up and comer, not a lot of professional fights. Um, somebody that looks good, young in their career, making a name for themselves. Um, so who did you put for rookie? Of the no, year? motherfucker. No, that's not how it works. Okay, I had the old Bilal thing set up to go after you. That's not how it works. You go. You could have picked whatever one you wanted to. All right, that's that's on you. you I'm go. just trying to go in order. That's when my mind works very orderly. My order was messed up then. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so I had a hard time choosing between two of these guys. <laughs> another tie. Another, so, so another tie. So I got Raul Rosas Jr. Really? And wow. Bo Nicol. Okay. So both these guys, kind of in the same scenario, Raul being the youngest yeah. uh, fighter on the UFC roster. Has already been tested. He's already been tested. And, he did. and failed. And he did. He did. He had the setback, but he came right back. Yep. And, you know, he got another great finish. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of promise. He's super young. And, of course, everyone knows Bull Nichols' name. Bull right? Nichols, like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, I think that um, both of those are very popular decisions. I think that the UFC has paid you good money for uh, your uh, decisions here mm-hmm. tonight. Okay. Um, no, um, I'm just <laughs> fucking with you. Um, but, no, Bo Nickel. 100%, um, you know, 
by all, um, what do you want to say? All, uh, all readings, all, yeah, exactly. Um, he is the rookie of the year. He has phenomenal hype. He's got the collegiate wrestling record, um, top of the line to back it up. His performances mm -hmm. speak for themselves. Um, and so I definitely, um, see that. I thought about putting Bo Nickel up there. But I went a different way. I gave my scrappy rookie of the year to Tatsiro Tahara. Nice. Yeah. At, well done. He yeah. had a great 2023 too, man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the dude is um, one of the, you know, super slick Japanese phenoms with the submission game. And he in is. his last fight, showing um, that fucking vicious ground and pound and the stand up dropping the guy over and over that he fought. Yeah. So, uh, I'm big time on uh, Tatsuro, and uh, I think that the the potential is the the sky. So yeah, no, I was going through looking at a lot of his fights. He's got a couple finishes in 2023. He's been active. Yeah, good call. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we got com comeback of the year. That's what I've got. I don't know what yep. you've got. Okay. Yep. Um, comeback of the year, and there was a lot of good ones this year. I think that all things considered. Um, I probably deserve it for the show. All my great comebacks. Um, just like that one. Um, no, but, um, uh, I'm seriously going to go with, I think there's really only one decision when you step back and look at this and it's going to be John Jones at UFC 285. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> um, That's I mean, such fucking bullshit. And, um, you know, um, I mean, to come back. From a drug suspension. Yes. To come back from a drug suspension <laughs> and, Christ, um, dude. to, uh, you know, get the win that decisively pretty. I'm going to tell you, I went back and I rewatched it not that long ago and it's still really fucking suspect because like, if you look, if you look at it, he like goes for the fucking like guillotine front choke or whatever. Right. He goes for it and then he loosens it to get it again. And then as he's going to tighten it, like he hasn't even like really sunk it in yet as he goes, um, gone taps it's almost like gone was like scared or something and then tapped and was just like i want to be out of here i don't know it's really weird how but can, so how can you call out the sus nature of it but still give it your give it your because scrappy award? because because of everything that was on the line so john jones his first heavyweight fight um him you know being one of the greatest of all time then going and going up to heavyweight and having that kind of fight and now holding on to the title. And I did say holding on to the title because he's not defending the title. Um, holding on to it. There's just a lot that goes into play with that. And that night, I remember when it happened, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is a fucking big deal. And it, and it's kind of rippled through this year, even so, so much now <laughs> that still we're trying to figure out how this whole thing's going to work itself out going into next year. And so because of that, because of all the, you know, um, weight that it's put on the sport and especially in that division, but just the sport, um, that's where I give it. I give it to John Jones, UFC 285. Yeah. Sorry. You're wrong on all counts. <laughs> um, this wasn't a guy coming off of losses. He won all of his fights at light heavyweight. This is a guy that talked about moving to heavyweight for years and never did. Could have been a heavyweight at any time. Should have been at heavyweight. I mean, could have. That whole time. Yeah. You know, and goes in against probably the easiest person for him to be at heavyweight. So and, that's true. And you're going to give this guy comeback. Yes. And give him yet another yeah. accolade. Yeah, that's true. But also, think about it like, when that fight happened, we were both heavily favored and gone. 
in that fight. Yeah. Before it happened. Because I wanted John to lose. No. Well, okay. <laughs> may, maybe. But, like, my thing wasn't so much I wanted John to lose. I thought that he had taken too much time off and that he was going to come back and he was going to fight a real heavyweight. And I thought that in his last fights that he had put on, in, like, heavyweight, he had been tested in the stand-up nature. Dominic Reyes, mm-hmm. uh, Tiago Santos, right? And mm-hmm. I thought that all it would need, especially from this heavyweight striker, was a couple, maybe a good combination to put him on his butt. That's what I thought. I thought that all things considered that it was going to and and it didn't end up being that way. If anything, it was really dominant for him. So that's, you know, that that's where I'm at with it. Well, that's the thing. That That is all it would have taken, and Gon just didn't throw one. I know. I know. I, know. I mean, call it what you want, you know? I mean, maybe it's like um, maybe the loss that he suffered to Francis was still, like, psychologically there. Maybe it's because he's French. I don't know. but <laughs> Definitely because he's French. <laughs> all of our French listeners <clears throat> is just a joke, all right? Don't okay. get all offensive. <laughs> okay. Um, so the true comeback fighter of the okay. year for 2023 okay. was actually Tom Aspinall. The Oh, the come. Oh, okay. Because he got the soldier, the shoulder injury, or whatever. That was the knee injury. Oh, it was he a tore knee, his yeah. knee. Not only did he beat the timetable to make it back, but he comes back against the most dangerous heavyweight and finishes him yes. standing. Yeah, for the Puts interim him title. Down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I gave it to the real heavyweight champion, where you gave it to the interim heavyweight mm-hmm. champion. John is not, <laughs> not, not. That belt was vacant because Ngannou left. Gone was coming off of a loss. In no way, shape, or form should this have been for any type of belt. Yes. Sorry. No, no, no. You're right. Right? Like, like, think about it like this. If it was anybody else besides John Jones, would it have been for the belt? No. No. Exactly. So, so you're, so you're right. You're right there. Um, I, I think that that is a really good, um, estimation as far as coming back from an injury um there are there are some other fighters that are in the sport that we've been waiting for a comeback for over this whole entire year and Mm -hmm. still haven't got it and have no real clear indication of when that's going to happen so for him to come back and and to take the position that he has um it that is that is pretty good it is pretty good all things considered yeah man he showed no fear on the stand-up against pavlovich and Took it to him, landed, was faster, and, and put him away. Yeah. Like, we're easily the danger, most dangerous guy at his weight class. Yeah. And to come back after that layoff, after major knee surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But that's just. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's, uh, that's heavyweight fighting for you. You know, um, we were talking about it before the show. Um, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I thought that fucking. Sergey would have followed up with the fucking punch that he initially landed and stunned, <laughs> stunned him. Maybe it would have went a different way. We don't need to get into all that, but um, I do see where you're heading with it. Um, I just think that over time, I guess I think that fucking Jones being able to mount that, you know, being able to do that, I think that that's going to maybe way longer than uh, Aspinall in his interim. We'll have to see, because a big part of this is going to be, are these guys even going to fucking fight? Is John Jones even going to defend the title? No. What's he doing with it? I know, I, I know. I mean, probably not. I mean, so maybe maybe that was John Jones' last performance, and maybe that will weigh fucking big time, you know? I don't He'll know. He'll defend it against a 43-year-old fighter who's 1-2 and two in his last three. But here's the thing. Okay, you're right, but here's the thing. Do you even think that fight's going to happen now? Yeah. You really do? As yeah. long as they've put this off, I mean, any any other fight that they've put off this long, 
because I it, think it, it's, it never happens. Yeah, because I think it's the only fight Jones wants, and the UFC will do whatever they can for Jones, as been evidenced by so much past history. They've literally moved cards across the country in a week's notice just for this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They've rewritten the history on performance-enhancing thresholds was it for, for him? this guy. Was it for him? Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. And and, and that's the only fight and that's the only fight Miocic wants. Miocic isn't even a steady fighter either. He's a part time fighter and he's good, yeah. but he's old. He's like I said, he's lost two out of his last three. Yeah. And he's not Yeah, he there's no reason for Miocic to come back unless it's against Jones. Yeah. So for a title. So if either one of them ever fights again, it'll be versus the other. And I do expect him to make it because it, everyone's going to make money if they do. See, here's the thing. You're right, but here's the thing. I think that they've waited too long, and I don't think that the UFC sees the money in it, maybe, that they did initially. And I really think that fucking... I really don't think that... I I don't know if Jones is going to come back after a surgery. I think that fucking... When he comes back... Are you a comeback fighter of the year? Is not going to mount another comeback after a surgery? I mean, well, he can't be comeback fighter for 2024. You know what I'm saying? He can't be that kind of champion. I mean, he's got every other title, right? So, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, so, I really think that I don't see that the fight is going to happen this year. That's That would be a prediction of mine, is that we do not see Jones versus Miocic. Okay. And if we don't see Jones versus Miocic, I don't know if they'll be able to get Jones to fight anybody else. Like, I don't think he wants no. to see Dom Aspinall. No. I don't think he'll want to... I don't think he would take a fight against Sergey or against anybody else that's at the top no. of the heavyweight division. And so I really don't know if we're going to see either of those two fights. Here's the thing. I think Miocic would. I think if they offered Miocic the right amount of money or if it was enticing for him, I think he would come back for a title shot against Tom Aspinall just because he's game like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think he's done, man. And, and and by all accounts, he should be done. Yeah. Miocic doesn't have anything left to prove. He, he, was, he was the champ. He was a good champ. Um, he's got a decent amount of title defenses. And, you know, that's not... He was never as passionate about fighting as a lot of the fighters. That's true. And he's got his, he's got his outside-of-the-ring... Life and he's no, he's forty three, you know. I just yeah. I don't see. I don't even think money would do it for him, you know. I think Jones, I think Jones and the money, you know, six months ago, was enough to to get him out of mm-hmm. the fire hall. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is anymore. So okay, so you make a good point. But here's the other thing too, right? Like think about it like this. He is pretty much considered like the greatest heavyweight champion to this point, right? UFC heavyweight yeah, champion. Yeah, UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah, exactly. Not heavyweight champion. I should modify that. Um, but yeah, so he's the greatest UFC heavyweight champion to this point under consensus. Him coming back, getting a title shot, and possibly winning that. I mean, would, do you think that it would hurt his um, standing at all in that ranking? Probably not for him to come back, even if he got a loss because he's so old. But if, he came back, but if he came back and got a win... Again, I mean, I don't know, man. Sure, sure. Um, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Scenario for, yeah. for Miocic. Um, the risk being, it does tarnish his greatest heavyweight of all time if he goes in and loses in under a minute to John Jones, or to like Tom or to anybody else. That's he's not. He's not gonna. No, you don't no, think so. No, no, I don't. There's no. There's nothing. There's nothing there for so, him. So, okay, so here's what I'm basing it off of, right? Like, after the Jones fight got canceled, and then they interviewed Stipe, Stipe was saying, he was like, hey, they told me, they didn't ask me if I wanted to fight on the card. 
He's like, I, I would have, but they didn't ask me. So they must just want me to fight Jones. Because he was already geared up and ready for a fight. So he would have right. taken a fight against either Sergey or Tom. And instead they match those two up, right? Mm-hmm. And so that lets me know that, like, if Sergey or if Sergey, if Stipe decides he's going to fight and go through everything that he's got to go through to do that, that he'll, that he wants a fight. You yeah, know but saying? now he has to do it again and he's yeah. only getting older. Yes. And these, you know, six months to a year means a lot more in the fight game yeah. when you're already 40, 42, <laughs> 43 yeah. than it does when you're 30. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we probably won't see either of those two guys fight again then, to be completely honest with you. But the good thing about it is then we'll at least have some con- uh, concise nature with a heavyweight title pitcher. Since yeah. It's- yeah. The only question is how many times does Aspinall have to defend the interim before they strip Jones? I don't know, dude. I mean, they'll probably let him hold out for quite a while. Yeah. 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 Fuck John Jones. Well, comeback fighter of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Tom Aspinall. (laughs) All right. Okay. Um, Upset of the year? Upset. 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 Um, upset of the year. There was a, there was again. There was a whole bunch of these I wanted to go through, and a lot of them. There's a lot of good upsets there this was year. So many good ones, and they fucked my parlays up. All they the were, money they, they ate were up. fucking up parlays. But I went with so, and again because I felt like a lot of them were equal as far as stakes were concerned. Mm-hmm. I had to go with profile. Like okay. so, it meant more if it was a higher profile fight, yeah. and it was an upset. Usually, than... those kinds of things can add to the scale, right? You exactly. Can start weighing, exactly. Putting the weight on it. Yeah. Um. So, biggest upset of the year: Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. Pretty good one. So, just for a reference, Shevchenko closed at minus nine hundred for that fight. Yep. Alexa Grasso was plus five seventy five. Mm-hmm. Um. Valentina hadn't lost in years and mm-hmm. years, and Grasso finished her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a huge upset. Not just betting, but any way you look at it, that was it was huge. No, it was. It was huge. Um, I guess. Um, so for my upset of the year, I thought that we would. There was a lot of good upsets. Yeah, I went through and I re- went through and like looked at them because mm-hmm. I remembered the big upsets, right? Um, O'Malley over Aljo. That was a big one. Yeah. Um, I remember how fucking, how much I was shocked to see it go down that way. I was like, there's no way. Remember we were talking about it. Um, there was a lot of good ones. That one, Grasso versus Shevchenko. Here's the thing. I already had felt that Shevchenko, based on some of her last performances against, um, Tatiana Saros, Santos. Suarez. Suarez. No, no. She didn't fight Tatiana. Talia Santos. Talia Santos. There you go. Thank you. Um, that in that fight, I thought she had lost that fight, that true, decision. Right? True, but she still ended up getting the win, which just makes you think that you have to finish Valentina in order, in to, order get, to get it. In order to get it, right? Yeah. So that made it even more of an upset because. But she did, right? Grasso did. But she did up, finish yeah, her. Yeah, she yeah. did finish her, yeah. And. Uh, and Nunez couldn't even finish her. No, exactly. Shevchenko. No, exactly. And, I mean, but let's be honest. Nunez almost got finished a couple of times in her career, okay? Yeah. Anyways, um, we're getting on a tangent. Um, fucking. So I already felt like Grasso was a really live dog it, going into that fight, right? Okay. And then when she pulled it off, it was amazing because she was, like, maybe not winning the fight, but then, you know what I'm saying, caught her 
and then put the submission on her and submit her. And so yeah. it was awesome. It was. It really was awesome. But the one that I didn't see coming, the one that fucking shocked the shit out of me and fucking fucked my fucking <laughs> parlay up the biggest was Sean Strickland over Israel Adesanya. That was my upset of the year. Um, he wasn't supposed to take the, he wasn't supposed to be in the fight. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then they gave him the fight and it was like, there is no way this guy is going to, he, you know, just recently got knocked out by Alex Pajeda. Is he just knocked out Alex Pajeda? He almost was my comeback fighter of the year for that fight. Almost. Cause it was like, cause, cause everything that was on the line with that fight, right. right. To come back. True. Fucking, you know, and, and the rest of it. Right. I mean, he True. had, he had his whole fucking career standing. Everything that he had accomplished was on the line in that fight. And so that was a big deal. But then when they fought Strickland and Adesanya and then watching it, it reminded me almost of Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva one, except that Sean Strickland finished off the way that he needed to. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was like, what the fuck am I watching here? Like, from the very beginning, hit him with a heavy shot, almost finished him, and then stayed on him the entire rest of the fight and was able to put him away. Um, and so, and now he's the champion. And now a lot of people, you know, now he's the favorite against fucking Drickus. And that shit's crazy to me. And so, I'm still, like, kind of like, I'm still kind of like, I don't know, like... As- uh, as far as how the betting odds go, I agree. I agree with the betting line. He should be the favorite. He's the champ. He has the better record. But I agree with you. Outside of what's on paper, um, yeah, Duplessis is the finisher. He's, oh, got, okay. he's, got, he's got the power. So there's no reason to think he, he shouldn't be able to put Strickland away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and we don't, I guess we don't need to get into that necessarily. This one, we'll get into that. Um around the time of the thing, around the time of the fight. But the biggest thing that keeps registering to me is that like Strickland does well when he's fighting people that are a more defensive style fighter and he's able to kind of pick away with his defensive style and kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of dissect them and their stand up apart. Whereas Drickus is an offensive fighter. He's going to come forward. It's going to be a firefight. And so, yeah, the last time that that happened against the power striker, he was a little bit more technical. Let's say all things considered, he had a little bit more weapons, but the last time that happened, it wasn't good for Sean. So that's why, that's where my mind goes when I think about that fight. Um, but yeah, but for the upset of the year, I mean, what Strickland was able to do, not only with that fight, but then with that division, I mean, for for years now, it's been Izzy at the top, Robert Whitaker holding the fucking number two spot, mm-hmm. and you had to go through that gauntlet of guys. And and nobody, very few, were able to get through that, right? And then all of a sudden, within a month, right? I mean, it wasn't the same event. Was it the same event that they fought? It wasn't, right? I don't think so. Yeah, but within a, but within a matter of months, both of them got derailed, and now that whole division is completely wide open again at middleweight, um, and it's and still, like the, like, the ramifications of that moving forward – um, so yeah, so that's, that's how I looked at it. So my biggest upset of the year, Sean Strickland over Israel Adesanya. All right. Still, still upset about that fucking payoff <laughs> that was right there. We were going into that fight and I was like, no matter what, here comes the fucking money. And then I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. All right. Okay. 
You're next. <laughs> no, you're not. I, I did upset. Didn't I do upset? No, I did upset. Oh, you did upset. All right. All right, you're right. All right. Uh, breakthrough Fighter of the Year. Is that where you're at? That's where I'm at. Okay. I was really excited for this one. <clears throat> All right. Um, I felt like this year, not only with a lot of the upsets that we had talked about, but um, there was a lot of crazy shit that happened this year. There was a lot of mix-up with promotions, right? Um, yep. Maybe the greatest promotion wasn't looked at as the top promotion. I mean, they're still probably the top promotion, but there was a lot of mixing up, changing of the guard, moving that around. There was that with the single divisions. There was that with the sport. Um, other sports, such as BKFC um, and stuff, really making their, pushing their way through. There was just a lot of breakouts this year in order to look at exactly what. That was probably like the biggest thing this year was was breakouts. That's If I had to think about like one uh, name, one title that encapsulates this year was really breakouts. Okay. And so, um, as far as that goes, my breakout or my breakthrough fighter of the year is Anatoly Malikin. Good one. So good one. Um, here's a guy that came in, you know, relatively. I don't understand why relatively, pretty much uh, unknown before yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, or right at the end of last year, right? He came in as an interim heavyweight fighter he was waiting for his heavyweight title shot and won and they needed someone to face de ritter who was the two-time champion last december and they and so they were like hey interim heavyweight champion you want a chance at the at the light heavyweight belt can you make the weight and he was like yeah and so he fought him and fucking knocked him out at the end of last year and that was just like if we would have done the award show last year, he probably would have been my fucking fighter of life. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just saying. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. And then moving into this year, finally getting that title shot, being able to fight um, the one champion, yeah. put him away. Unifying the heavyweight belt. Yeah. And he's like, his record is like 13 fights. Like, he doesn't have very many fights yeah. at all. And so now he's looked at, and not just from like, you know, hardcore insiders like you and I and everyone else that listens to this podcast, but also, you know, even from the, um, you know, more prominent, um, MMA analysts and stuff, they all have eyes on this guy now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they should. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and with the whole mix up of everything that's going on in heavyweight, the different promotions and stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot that, um, he was able to do with his end of the year performance last year with, um, taking that title and being as um, dominating as he has been this year. And so I want, I was trying to find a way to put him in there. Cause I really think that that's a big part of this year, um, what he was able to do. And so that's where I found it was breakthrough Friday of the year. So. I like that. That's a good one. That's a worthy, <clears throat> that's a worthy breakthrough fighter. Uh, I went with Elvis Brenner. Okay. <laughs> so um and and again because I was looking for a guy nobody knew last year. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um and he Fuck, most people probably don't even know him this year. So you you should by now. This is a guy that again chalked up 3 wins in the 2023 calendar year. He got two finishes out of 3 fights. Two of those he was the underdog in, a big underdog. And um, he's, he's, he's beat Zubaira Tukagov, Guram Kutaladze, and Kanan Khrushchevsky. Um, and those last two were finishes, knockouts. 
So this is a guy that you didn't know last year at this time, but you should now. Yeah. This is a guy who's here. He's again, he's gunning for the top spot. He he broke through. He's broken through into the rankings. He's broken through. This is somebody you have to watch for when they come to you with fights and he's an option for an opponent. This is somebody you need to think about whether or not you want to take this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And his last performance, um, he looked really good. Um, that was really what stood out to me. I didn't even realize, like you had said that he had had three really good performances this year, but it's dude, the fucking sport seems to move so fast in some areas that it's, it's really hard to keep track of everything. There were a lot of things when I was going through and I was looking through like upset of the year and stuff that I was like, Oh yeah. What about that fight? What about that fight? No, that happened at the tail end of last year. That I know, happened at, I you know? know, so there was a lot to kind of like, um, meander through to try to figure it out. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I would see him more as maybe like, I guess not a prospect, but like, He's definitely someone you got to look out for. I agree. He's definitely somebody I don't think, that... Yeah, I don't think he's hit prospect or contender yeah. status quite yet. Yeah. But, again, uh, Tukagov and Kudaladze being underdogs in these fights and getting finishes, like, that's that's big. Yeah. Like, nobody thought you were going to win. You know, these are other guys with names, and you went in there against the odds, and, and you put these guys away. Yeah. And you did it three times in 12 months. Nowadays, that's a big thing. And so, yeah, as far as breaking through into, you know, the the consciousness of the masses, or at least people that pay attention to the sport, mm-hmm. yeah, Elvis Brenner, baby. All right. Um, so, now it's your turn. So, <laughs> performance of the year. <clears throat> okay. So, I saw this as singular performance. Yeah. Because you could say, like, you know, who had multiple good performances, who had the best year. But I feel like that falls under some other categories. Yeah. So best singular performance of the year, yep. I went with Sean Strickland over Israel Adesanya. Because, okay. again, as far as the odds, as far as how we had seen both of these guys fight before, you know, nobody except Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira mm-hmm. thought that Strickland was going to beat Israel Adesanya. Yeah. And he went in there and he beat him pillar to post. He won every minute of that fight, mm-hmm. every round. Almost put him away in the first. That was just that was as clean a performance as you can get against an opponent like Israel Adesanya. Yeah, performance of the year goes to Sean Strickland. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not a bad one. It really isn't. Um, I guess. So, okay. So I'll say mine, and then if we're going to go back and forth, we can do that. <laughs> um, so... Performance of the year, I gave mine to um, Stamp <laughs> over Ham for one fight night 14. Um, I think that she had, you know, a couple of really good performances this year, but that one in particular, um, there was a lot on the line um, in that fight. Um, she became the first three-sport champion and as a female, so that was on the line. Um, and and to Ham's credit, she wasn't coming in there to give her a fucking freebie. Right. Like, Ham was coming in there to try to take that fucking fight from her, and, and it showed. Mm-hmm. And so she had to deal with that, um, you know, and fight MMA, and it wasn't pretty, but she was able to do that 
find her signature body kick, um, put her out, and become that three-time champion. And that mixed with every her mounting success that she had built up over the year for it to get to that point. Um, Strickland, I think, had a really good night. I think that Izzy got caught and was maybe out on his feet for most of that fight. Maybe not. Maybe that's the way that it would play out if they fought again. I don't know. That's how I initially took that fight and how I would take it moving forward. We'll have to see what happens, okay? We'll have to see what happens with the new champ and all the rest of that, but that's how I see about that fight. Whereas with Stamp, it's like you have all these other great performances that you've built up. Now you've got all this fan support. You've got, you know, people from different countries now looking at you. you got all these eyes. you got all this pressure on you. And now it's all on the line. You're going to get a shot at this MMA belt. You'd already, She had had a shot before and didn't, you know, do that well with it. So now here we go again and um, capitalize, find the fucking sweet spot, get her signature, knock out. Yeah, I mean, for me, that was performance of the year. So Yeah, and it was certainly something I considered. But again, I wanted to hold performance of the year to one singular performance as opposed to everything they had accomplished throughout that year, which is why I gave the nod to Sean over yeah. Stamp for yeah. that category. Yeah, no, yeah, and I see that. Um, but like I said, I would also argue that like a big part of that had to do with her performance that night. Like, her weathering that storm and yeah. finding it and then being able to get the win and it'd be a, in a decisive fashion. If she would have won by, like, judge's decision and it would have been like, did she really win? Like, I thought Ham landed the better strikes. I thought she messed, you know, she broke her face up with it. Mm-hmm. It would have been like, it, it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal as it really ended up being. But everything on the line, all of it mounting towards it. And still having to re-show yourself again, re-prove yourself again at this at the highest level. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that I think anybody can win on any night, any given you know event, whatever you want to say. There's always that those kinds of things that can happen, and so that kind of stuff when it's like when it's both when it's the mounting and the being able to execute on that night. I'm gonna lean that way. So yeah, no, it's fair. Um, right. Is it my turn? Your turn. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so next one I'm going to go with, I'm going to skip the event and save that. Okay. I'm going to skip it. I'm going to go to, uh, most valuable fighter of the year. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, this is a category that, um, maybe wasn't as, uh, concise understanding beforehand um basically what it is is the most valuable fighter this would be the um mvf um there are a lot of different ways to assess fighters value from an economic stance from you know the way that the impact that they have on the sport um from being able to show their value to the promotion, like be the figurehead of a promotion, not just the right. economic cash-in check. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to assess value. My most valuable fighter of the year, I really don't think there's anybody else that can come close to this person, Francis Ngannou. <laughs> you nailed that. You <laughs> Fucking, nailed that shit. Um, you nailed it. From all those things. Yeah. From not only... 
the economic standpoint. I mean, the dude bet on himself, went against the UFC, fought the UFC, won, yep. okay, in their own game, beat them in their own game, um, made John Jones, who a lot of people consider is like the greatest of all time, fucking clamor and be super salty about how he was able to win and orchestrate that, right? Mm -hmm. You just talked about it earlier. John Jones had all those years that he could have fought Francis, didn't, and then wanted to get him when he was already moving out the door, and it was like, it was too late, and fucking, you know, Jones fucking hates that. Yep. Um, and then move on, you know, sign with PFL. Everybody's like, dude, what are you doing signing with PFL? You're fucking ruining your career. You had everybody, all these fucking MMA pundits, all these MMA personalities coming out and being like, not only that, you had fucking promoters coming out and being like, oh, Francis and his team wants too much money. Francis and his team's asked for too much money. They need to be realistic. They need to start to learn to settle. They need to figure out. You had all this shit going on, right? Like everybody in the sport fucking against him. And then he takes a boxing match against the heavyweight champion of the world. And, um, and beats him. Yeah. And yeah, all <laughs> things considered, fucking drops him, fucking controls the fight, puts it on him, has has to have the heavyweight champion fight dirty, still can't do enough to hurt him, fucking still wears the damage at the end of the fight. I don't give a fuck what your uh, scoring criteria is. If that's who you give your fucking winner to, then fuck your winning shit. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. No, I um, completely agree. And so, yeah. And so, and not only that, but now he set himself up within this one year to go from, you know, what a lot of people thought was like, he fucking, you know, was able to win out. Good for Francis. Oh, now Francis is the fucking big fumbler. Now Francis, you know, Francis needs to just go back and sign with the UFC. He needs to just accept whatever terms they'll give him and go do the UFC. Fucking puts down fucking, uh, puts down fucking um, Fury. And now is in a position where like the whole world, is trying to figure out what Francis wants next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where yes. does Francis want to go? You have boxers that'll go to fight him in MMA. You have boxers that want to fight him in boxing. The fucking promotions, if they can find fucking, you know, how to set him up, how to make it worth the challenge for Francis. I mean, he's he is the heavyweight champion in all things considered for all these for all the sports. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Completely agree. So I mean yeah, so if I was going to give the MBF the Most Valuable Fighter of the Year award, I don't know how else you can cut it. I mean, he could be the Most Valuable Fighter of the last decade, but it's definitely Francis Ngannou. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I was, you know, I could say, you know, ditto to all the things that you just said, but there's no other single fighter that's more important to their organization than Francis Ngannou is to PFL. And he only increased his value by going over to boxing and performing like he did. Mm -hmm. You know, not like you said, not only does he now get to do whatever he wants, he was going to do whatever he wants anyway. You can't, that's the thing about Ngana, you can't tell him what he's going <laughs> to do and what he's not going to fucking do. Um, but just think about what they have now I know. when they finally put him back in an MMA ring. I know. I know. I mean, literally, like. No matter where you put that dude, like seriously, like yep. he's got, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got value written all over him. And at this point, I mean, he could do, you know, he could do whatever. He could fucking start his own fucking side promotion and co-promote. He could fucking, yeah, he could do, he could do a whole bunch of things. The, the, the world is his oyster at this point. And, um, it just, I really think it shows a testament. I don't think, a, I think a lot of fighters are going to overlook it, but we talked about it beforehand. We talked about it during, and now we're going to talk about it after. This sport is built 
on the fighters. That's what this sport is built on. And if the fighters can believe in themselves and bet on themselves and have a good team and, and be able to execute like that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? The oh, whole yeah. world is open for whatever you want. You know, seriously. Saudi Arabia, pay you whatever. Fucking, you know, the UFC, whoever. I mean, anybody's going to pay pay them whatever pretty much at this point to get that to happen. And so um, maybe that is the super fight that they keep talking about for UFC 300. Is that? No, I highly doubt that. Yes, I highly doubt too. There's no way that <clears throat> they've, uh, you know, yeah, let bygones be bygones yeah, Dana, for that. Dana so, can't do that. He yeah. can't. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, Francis one Dana nothing. Yeah, <laughs> by TKO. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. All right. So we save an event of the year for the end. Well, I mean, I mean, we could do it now if you want. I was just I wanted to save it till we got to some of these like higher ranked ones. I wanted to get like you know okay. maybe yeah a couple of these other ones out of the way first and then put it sure. towards the end. All right, MMA coach, MMA team of the year. Okay. Um. Factory X, Muay Thai, MMA, BJJ. <laughs> so funny because that's where I was originally going. Okay, you, you go. You set it up. Yeah, so um, and for lots of reasons. Um, let's just go down this list here. They've got <clears throat> Anthony Lionheart Smith, mm-hmm. Dustin Jacoby, mm-hmm. Razor Rob Wilkinson, Brandon Royville, mm-hmm. Yusuf Salal, Cody Brundage. They have an incredible stable of really good fighters who have been winning. They have great fight IQ for MMA. Um, so they're doing a great job training and preparing their fighters for fights. But on top of that, you have the Mark Antony story, where this is a guy that's had to come back from cancer. You know, he's yep. like a father to all of yep. his fighters. He's always in their corner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, like I said, they're all a family. He's part of all of their lives. And... For them to stick with them and support him in the way <clears throat> that they did, it just makes it it makes it bigger than it is. It makes it bigger than the whole fighter coach team relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. And so, f- as far as what those fighters do for their team and their coach and what he brings to that team and his fighters, um, for me, it's yeah, absolutely. Mark Montoya and Factory X Muay Thai. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was definitely when we originally started out with this. That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. I was going with it. Um, my thing, I don't even want to talk anything bad about them because they're like out of Colorado and I'm a big fan and I fucking support them and how much the coach supports them and they support their coach. And I just like, I like everything about that team. I really do. The only thing I don't like is that I wish they would have won um, more matches this year. They had a lot of great matches. They won some. But a lot of the bigger ones, they they ended up losing. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay, and and you're and you're right about that. But to be fair, Royval against Alexandra Pratosia, like no, no, I know like, it's a you, fucking like, war. You yeah. can't like the amount of skill that Pantoja has probably can't be taught by somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is a guy who's truly a generational talent. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm I'm sure there were other ones too. But look out for Yusuf Salal. He had two great finishes in 2023. Look for him to you know be challenging at some point. Um, Dustin Jacoby is moving up. I know he lost to Menafield, but Cody Brundage has yeah. been on a tear. Like, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I'm interested in that Bo Nickel fight um, that's going to happen soon. Um, so I started there with that, and then started looking around and. Um, 
one team that I almost settled on. I settled on I settled on it. <laughs> no, up until about ten seconds before we started this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and that was Lobo Jim MMA. Do you know who Lobo Jim MMA I is? I don't. So Lobo Jim MMA is where Alexa Grasso trains. Okay. Diego Lopez trains. Okay. Um, uh, Irene Aldana, Lupi Godinez. Okay. They have a lot of great winners. They, they do. Have, they have. Uh, they've won some champions. They won a championship. Um, they have some great contenders. Their year really prosperous. It was great. Okay. I mean, Grasso won the title. Yeah, exactly. Diego Lopez burst on the scene. Yeah. Gudinez, um, one of the top fucking prospects in that division. Irene I mean, Aldana. I know. Yeah, exactly. Even her war that she just had mm-hmm. on the last card. No, they, they, yeah, great. They have a great team. So up until about 15 seconds ago, that was who I was going with. Okay. Based on that. Okay. But then I realized, no, I was wrong and you were wrong. <laughs> the, the right answer was extreme couture. Really? Yeah. Francis Ngannou, Stream okay. Couture. Yeah. Okay. Sean Strickland, yeah. Extreme, extreme Couture. Yeah. Alex um, Pajeda. Alex Pajeda, Extreme Couture. I was just going through and looking at some of the Talk other about people an old on here. Jim. Casey O'Neill. Um, they have so many different people. Yeah. Old Jim. Old is almost as old as time. Seriously. At this point. Seriously. And, and with them being able to put out. Um, the amount of people that still train with them and at a high, at the high level. I mean, yeah, there's just, there's so many, if you go down through their list of names, it's so, and not only that, but they were able to win the big fights this year. The ones that mattered, they were able to put those away multiple titles. Um, yeah. And so, and that coach, um, Eric Sicknick, I think is who their coach is. Um, yeah. Phenomenal coach too. So another great coach, right? Um, and so everything I like about that. So, yeah. So, no, it's a good one. I've yeah. been a big fan of extreme couture ever since Randy Couture started it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and it's, um, my only, the only thing I might say about that is I do think it's a large gym. It is a large Whereas gym. I think some of these like Lobo and Factory X, I think it's like pretty much single location, yep. one big major training center, whereas extreme couture is nationwide. I mean, I really think that fucking Extreme Couture has got to be, got to be the team. All right. So. Okay. All right. Now, we will go to. You want to do? I'll do promotion, and then we'll do event. You want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah, go promotion, okay. and I'll do event. All right. So promotion of the year. Um. It has to be the UFC. There's nobody else even out there, right? It has to be the UFC. Um, <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right now, dude? He's so full of shit. Um, I mean, all the big cards were UFC. Okay. The promotion of the year has to be one. One FC. fighting championship. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yes. And I would say that the UFC still probably puts on some of the bigger cards of the year. Sure. But, but a lot of that has to do with just their overall promotion machine. The fact that they spend magnitudes of money on promotion versus what they pay their fighters. I don't know. Um, but one really has come in the last year, tail end of last year, last couple months of last year into this year, into where they are now almost night and day. Right. Oh, One's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah. But like, yeah, but, almost eight or nine years. Yeah. But it's been hard to watch their events. Mm-hmm. They haven't been televised. They've been hard to really get into because of that. A lot of the people that 
fight on those cards because you're not able to watch those fights. You get to see a performance here and there. Mm -hmm. So you hear of a Cosmo Alexandre and you're like, oh, that dude looks devastating. But all you see is one fight, right? You don't see much. So then you're like, okay, it's just another fighting promotion. Like there's hundreds or thousands of fighting promotions. What one's been able to do in this last year and not only, um, you know, become more visible to the rest of the world um, through their deal with Prime, through being able to put their events on uh, YouTube live so people can tune in and be more interactive with the promotion to also, um, you know, coming to America, doing their first show here in America. um, A lot of that kind of stuff really has grown the promotion in the eyes of a lot of um, fans and uh, the eyes of a lot of, you know, um, just people who watch the sport. And I think that it has made them a uh, clear contender for the top. Now, when you mention, you know, when I hear other MMA pundits or I hear um, MMA news media or whoever talk about the sport, yes, the UFC is always considered as like the biggest chunk of that. But one now has a significant spot in that discussion um, whereas a year ago they didn't, I mean, a year ago it was like Bellator and then maybe PFL. Mm-hmm. And now one has quickly risen up to become, um, the second, there's been a lot of discussion of maybe internal, um, you know, workings that are going bad. Maybe they're growing themselves too big. I don't know, but a lot of that could just be rumors. But, um, what I do know is that what I've been able to see over this last year is that one has not only grown to become my favorite promotion of the last year, but Mine too. but also of many different people around the world. I mean, um, hearing people talk about it, going to the event live, seeing how many people are effect- are intertwined with it. I mean, it's yeah, it's um. It's some remarkable. So no, I I agree. They've done so many good things, made so many smart moves. Getting that association with Prime Video was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a great job of showcasing their fighters. They do a good job of placing their fighters in situations to be showcased. Um, you get such a good cross section of combat sports on any given um, one event. And, you know, and they, they build their fighters. They build, they not just hype, but almost like legendary style. You look at Rotang, Jitmonyan, you look at um, Stamp Fairtex, you know, you've, they've even ended up with Demetrius Johnson mm-hmm. and um, Adriano Marias <clears throat> have all become big names under that banner. But they've been able to showcase all of these kickboxing and Muay Thai legends, too, that yeah. you'd normally would never get to see. You know, um, Superlek, Senchai, uh, all these great fighters who are such a joy to watch go to battle, such beautiful violence. And they finally have this American, this Western audience to be able to see them perform. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And no. not only that, but even the submission grappling that they've made a home for, you and know? That, yeah, yeah. So exactly. instead of having to, take it out of my mouth. Yeah, instead of having to go and try and find the Abu Dhabi Open trials and championships on wherever they <laughs> broadcast those, <laughs> you know, you can see a lot of these guys go in and get in the ring with the Mikey Musa Messi or mm-hmm. with any of the Ruotolo brothers yep. or any of these high-profile grapplers. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And um, find a way 
to make it palpable for yeah. the larger audience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just like the hardcore jujitsu audience. Exactly. Right? Oh, absolutely. They've made um, grappling um, really into a viewer friendly sport within one. Um, and so, yeah, I, there's a lot of things that one is doing right. Um, and so I really hope that this continues. I hope that if there are some of the underlining rumors, if some of those hold weight, I hope that that can get itself managed and figured out because, um, I really feel like, uh, we have this like treasure that's kind of like grown out of the Southeast Asian, um, part of the world and is really showcasing a lot of great talent there, showcasing a lot of great talent from around the world there. And um, I hope that it continues. I really hope to see more of it going into the next year and beyond. So Yeah, me too. All right. <clears throat> Way to go, one. So, on that note, perfect segue, the event of the year. <laughs> um, UFC 285, John Jones wins the title. So, Have you seen that card? Go back and look at that card. It's a fucking phenomenal card. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. But there were a couple that were better. <laughs> Um, and the two that uh, came to my mind, I, I, I had to put them one-on-one with each other. Um, obviously... Bellator's one, last event. You're right. No, not Bellator's <laughs> last event. And not throwing shade at Bellator. They put on some good events. There Bellator's good... dead. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, one fighting championship 10. Yes. Which we got to see in person. Yeah. So... Yeah, you can call me out on my bias. You can call me out on my bias for that for sure. But there were like there was like eight or nine finishes on this entire card. We got to see one on American soil for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a great experience, such great production. All the fighters showed out. We got to see Sage Northcutt mm-hmm. get yep. a submission. Yep. Um, we got to see uh, Stamp Fairtex with a TKO body kick, which was glorious. We got to see Rod Tang with a vicious knockout. Oh, so nice. Just so many, yep. so many memorable things happen at this event. Um, but I did want to make sure I gave that shout out to the UFC on ESPN 52, Dariush and Sarukian. Okay. Um, 11 fights, nine finishes. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was a killer card. Mm-hmm. Um, Amran Sarukian had his coming out party against Benil Darish. Not that people didn't know him, but he needed to finish the, a high-profile name, and mm-hmm. he got it. Uh, Jalen Turner knocked out Bobby Green. Davis and Vigoreo moving up weight and beating Rob Font. Yep. Sean Brady getting a Kimura over Kevin Gastelum. Mm-hmm. Um, Misha Tate submitting Julia Avila. Yep. Two consecutive KO slams. Yep. Yep. Cody Brundage over Zachary Reese. Dracar Close over Joe Selecki. Um, Ihor Proterra got knocked the fuck out by Rodolfo Bellato. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Gooden submitted Wellington Terman. I mean, come on. This was just, this was yeah. just a hell of a card. No, it was. It, it was a great card. Um, for performances, for a lot of that, there was a lot of good names for it. Um, the weight that it holds over time may be even significant too. At the time, right? It's kind of hard to tell, but like where Figueroa goes from here. Uh, in what yeah. he ends up doing, right? Yep. There could be a lot of those like long term changes that uh, long term impacts that could. I'll be honest with you, depending on how it would have played out, the last UFC card, right? The um, UFC 296. 296. True. Could have. True. Because it was stacking up. Like True. everything was setting it up that it could have been. 
Um, I don't think it. I, I don't think it delivered. I think that's the problem is that right. it doesn't deliver. It doesn't have near the amount of finishes. It doesn't have near the amount of overall impact after the fact. Right. Watching it beforehand, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. A lot can happen here tonight. Exactly. And now, and now knowing what happened, you're like. Yeah, there was some shit that happened, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, there so, was yeah. some shit that happened. Yeah, so I was going to go that way. I was going to, I was going to, I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, um, it maybe could have been a UFC card, but it wasn't. The card of this year was one fight night 10, um, not just because it was their U.S. performance, their first U.S. performance, not just because it sold out. Um, they, you know, we talked about it beforehand. They showed up. They stacked the card as as best as one could. Had a lot of great fights. Everybody that fought on the card, it felt like that. Like, literally, like, all the knockouts and stuff that you're talking about, that's what it felt like watching the card. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the only fight that really felt like it was a lackluster was the fucking main event. The main event. I yeah. know. I know. Um, and so, and so, yeah. And so, but, um, I mean, the, the... Overall, what one um, was able to do with that show, um, the fact that that has then skyrocketed one into coming to do multiple um, U.S.-based shows, you know, next year, um, the long-term implications of it. If one can keep stuff figured out, I really think that over time, looking back, right, if one can stay on the trajectory that they're going – I really think that um, it can show off as like, as being when we look back over time, a couple years, five years down from the line, we'll be like, damn, that fucking one fight night 10 card. That was a special fucking card. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's when I look at card of the year, that's what usually determines it for me. Cause as time goes on, a lot of fights get eroded away. So it's almost like building a structure. What structure can withstand the amount of time? And um, I really feel like, a lot of what was there at 110 will end up um, as long as one stands straight. I think that that's going to be a, a big pillar for him. So absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you there. So. All right. All right. <clears throat> Getting into the, the big boys now. Yep. Um, before we do that, we will uh, take a small break and we will um, All right. Time talk for about our advertiser. Um, our advertiser for the show is uh <laughs> Hennessy and uh, <laughs> Hennessy. So I've I've heard it's made from fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's cognac. I'll tell you, it smells delicious. <laughs> um, it's Hennessy and what are we drinking over there? Yeah, Hennessy's not really my brand. Um, Hornitos. Hornitos classic. Hornitos Plata. Yes. Silver tequila. Um, not as high profile as Hennessy. Probably a lot cheaper, but. I'm a tequila guy. What can I say? It is. There it is go. classic. Cheers, so, guys. Cheers, motherfuckers. <clears throat> I got four left. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. <clears throat> Submission of the year. Submission of the year. All right. So, a lot of great submissions this year. I dug deep for this one. Did you? Oh, yeah. Um... I don't think you had to go that deep. Um, <coughs> oh, I, think, I did. Just wait. <laughs> um, the submission of the year has to be another nod to one. Mikey Musumeci submitting Shinya Yoki. No, that wasn't. That wasn't. That was a great one, but that wasn't the <clears> one of the year. <throat> okay. The one of the year for me, submission of the year, had to be 
Alexa Grasso taking the title from Shevchenko. There you go. Okay. With the submission. Okay. With the and <clears throat> taking over that division has to be has to be Alexa Grasso. Okay. Yeah, I mean we we talked a lot about this fight. Um she was a huge underdog. And and you're right, maybe Valentina didn't look great in her previous fight, but still got the win. Um, but still hadn't been finished, maybe ever. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, she had a Muay Thai uh, career beforehand. Okay. And maybe she got finished there. Okay. But an MMA. But, but yeah. years and years ago, eight yeah. to ten years yeah. prior. So it hadn't been finished, hadn't even looked like she'd been in danger of being yeah. finished. Yeah. Um, and this is like two fights with Nunez that mm-hmm. went the distance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I like I like that. It's it's high profile, it's big names, it's high stakes. Um is the underdog. I mean that's that's a worthy that's worthy. So I'll tell you though, I wanted something I wanted something different. I didn't want you know, I didn't want a rear naked choke, you know, which is basically what that ended up yes. being. I know it was technically a face crank, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I needed for submission of the year, I needed something truly unique. Oh, so you went with like the submission itself <clears throat> as opposed to like everything else that yes, weighs on the line. Absolutely. So I went with a fight that occurred in Faber's A1 Combat oh, this Championships. Is <laughs> Faber's A1 Combat 12, actually. And it was between uh, Malden and Gallardo. And these are these are female fighters. Yeah. And Taylor Malden landed an inverted Gogo Plata on Gallardo in the first round of their fight. So the Gogo Plata is usually yeah. I'm trying to think of how it'd be how she would have got it inverted. So it's a lot like how the guillotine starts. You're on your back, and uh-huh. you have your opponent's neck, yeah. but you're on your back. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you squeeze it so hard and the person tries to get out, they roll over. This is what happened when she got the go-go plot. Oh, she, okay. went, she went, she's on her back, and instead of going triangle, she went mission control mm-hmm. with her right calf behind the head. And then when her opponent lifted her head up, she back. slips yep. the sh- the sh- her shin yep. underneath her opponent's neck yep. and holds her down. And as you can tell, it's choking her. And it's choking her so bad that she tries to roll out of it, but she just ends up, you know... Uh, on her back. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Chris Lytle inverted yeah. triangle style. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. And, and just such a slick, devastating, mm. never-before-seen mm. submission. Hats off, Taylor Malden. For the submission, yeah. The submission of the year. Inverted yeah. Gogo Plata. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess, yeah, under under that kind of rule set, I can definitely, or not rule set, but under that kind of way of thinking, I think it makes a lot of sense. That's the type of submission you don't really see a lot, if at all, right? You get I had those, never seen it before. Yeah, you get you get those types of submissions, those like one-off submissions like that, like once in a while, like mm-hmm. right? Like the fucking, when they split the guy's legs apart, like electric chair style and fucking, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you, you see you see stuff once in a while where you're like, God damn, that's fucking crazy. And so, yeah, so being able to pull something like that <clears throat> off, I definitely, I definitely, it's it's definitely worth it. And being able and hats off for being able to dig through that and find that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, seriously. Because um, all I kept seeing was uh, rear naked chokes. It's the most common submission. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of knee bars, which I like. I came across, um, you know, Brady getting the Kimura yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Nap, Nas Cra- have Crass older brother <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> yeah. um, that was good because I'm a big fan of, of the Kimura. But yeah, I was looking for I was looking for the Twister. I was looking for, you know, like you said, I uh, what do they call that when you're talking about the banana split or the calf slicer or something? Yeah, like, well, there's the calf slicers where you pull it from behind, right? And they're yeah. like legs bend behind them, and then you grab them by their neck, and then they're like yeah. stretched like that. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a variation of the electric chair. The only thing is that you like grab <coughs> the opponent, so then from just stretching them out long ways, you grab them and then you like pull their fucking. It's like a leg groin fucking split yeah. thing. Um, so yeah. Um, no, exactly. And the thing, and you're right. And I don't want to take anything away from it, but you will see stuff like that maybe in like either smaller promotions or with fighters that aren't as experienced when you get to the high level, because in order to get into that position, right, she made a series of mistakes that got her to that point. Right. Right. So, and so that's, that's part of, that's part of the thing. That's why you really don't see those very much at the higher level. You won't even see fucking twisters, which twisters are fucking awesome, Mm -hmm. but you don't even see those that much because (coughs) of that, because fighters are usually, not going to put themselves into those types of positions to get that kind of stuff to happen. So when mm-hmm. it happens, it's special, but that's also why you really don't see it at the higher level in a lot of these other, um, divisions. And so I think that either, I think in this case, I think that either, uh, which way you go with it, I think that it's probably right. If you're looking at which one has the, which one was the submission that laid the, the greatest overall impact. There's one, if you were giving it to like just the fucking craziest, nastiest submission of the year, I think that I think either way I think it I it's it's one of those things where it can be subjective based on how you you know but then even knockout so I guess that will oh no for sure bring us into knockout of for the sure year because that's a big part of it too you know <coughs> so um, yeah so yeah no I just wanted to make sure we gave some love to somebody other than the UFC <laughs> and one fighting championships that's good uh, I wanted to draw attention to that because I've never even seen somebody land a regular gold Google Plata let alone really. You know, like I've Diaz. I've seen an omoplata, but who's the okay? So the only gogo plata ever was Diaz and Gomi. Yeah, I'm um, literally the only. Well, how long ago was that? Um, I mean that was Pride thirty. Exactly, that's so what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, probably twenty years ago. Right, now, and something? that was Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Okay, yeah. so and and I couldn't include that because that wasn't 2023. <laughs> 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 Nobody said you should. Okay. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you went back, maybe look at some of those ADCC cards you were hacking True. on before. Maybe you True. find some. I'm just kidding. It's Two. Just, it's just, the only problem is you can't find that. You can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have to like buy some kind of like special pers- uh, Dude, subscription to something. Know. Who knows? That's the problem. Okay. I mean, if we're gonna get on a fucking rant tonight, all right. This is where I'm gonna go. Okay. My top ten list of fucking promotions that can't get out of their own way. All right. ADCC. <laughs> right. You want to fucking pay to have people to watch your shit because you need money. But if nobody's watching this shit, you're not going to get very much fucking money, yeah. right? Yeah. So fucking, I mean, at least, like, put it on a subscription base for, like, four or five months, maybe six months, and get as much money as you can. Then release the shit out. Put the shit on a fucking YouTube. Pay put it out there. Put that out. Create a YouTube account. That's what I'm they saying. They will pay you no, if you I, get enough views. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. And then put it out there, and then that will bring people to fucking... That's what I'm saying. That's I know. I That's... That's a big problem with them. That's that's like again. That was one of the best things one did was hey, do we have a platform yeah. where we can be showing all this awesome shit we're doing over here in Lumpany Stadium every yep. other week? Like yes, we do. Yeah. Hey, do Amazon Prime, let's get on on. You know. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. And then utilizing the free shit. Yeah. Utilizing YouTube. Yes. Utilizing that shit because I'll, I mean, as we 
descend more into this fucking optocracy or fucking post-capitalist society of fucking wealth and inequality growing gap ever and ever. If you're going to get people to continue to watch your events and watch the sport and watch your promotion and watch your product, you're going to have to figure out creative ways of doing that. And and they're going to have to be ways of using your already used content to help back your new content to help move forward. And so just take advantage. And it's not just ADCC. I mean, I did say ADCC, but like collegiate wrestling. Yeah. Right? You can't yeah. watch that shit anywhere. If no. you want to see who the next Bo Nickel's going to be, you got to, you know what I'm saying? This you, is You part have of the... to physically be there. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sitting in those sweaty fucking stands <clears throat> and shit and fucking dealing with that. You For know? hours and hours. Yeah. Uh, early on a fucking Saturday morning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Okay. YouTube, not your greatest friend. Maybe everybody goes to Rumble. Maybe we create our own fucking sports viewing fucking, um, I don't know. There's a lot of options out there. Get creative with it. I'm just saying make it so that it's viewable because there's people out there that want to watch the shit. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Rant over. But I set you up, so let's do KO. KO of the year? Yep. This is on me? Yep. All right. Knockout of the year. There wasn't a single category we went through tonight that had more... <sighs> That's true. That had m- more worthy candidates than KO of the year. Yes. There was some sick, slick fucking uh, KOs this year. God damn. And Just even the last couple cards. They were devastating. I know. I know. You could have gone Sean O'Malley. You could have gone... There was just so many different directions you could have gone. I mean, um, I would have gone Josh Emmett over Sean O'Malley. <laughs> so, Josh Emmett over Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, but I'm saying that as a knockout, I'm saying that that was a fucking knockout. When he knocked out Bryce Mitchell, that was a fucking knockout. So that's what I went with. Oh, did you? That's what I went oh. with. Oh, I'm sorry. It, I'm sorry. For I, me, didn't, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to steal <laughs> no, it. I no. was just saying. No, but that perfectly sets it up because that's when I'm talking about knockout of the year. Yeah, I mean, fucking separating someone from their consciousness, and not only that, but look at Bryce Mitchell. He was on a fucking good win streak. He had yeah. fought a lot of people. He had, you know, been hurt in fights, but he hadn't been stopped. Yeah, and. Fuck it, Emmett stopped him in the first fucking round, and that's when I fucking said that was my fucking underdog pick. I told you guys. I know we all yeah. uh, we all won a bunch of money on that fight. Um, so yeah, it was so devastating. Yes, and just watching God damn. Bryce Mitchell have convulsions on the ground afterwards. <laughs> I'm telling you, vicious, nasty, disgusting. Everything I want in a full on knockout, not TKO. <laughs> Straight Will's up. just savoring at the lips over here. He's just, ah. I'm telling you, it was, that was just such beautiful fucking violence, man. That was such a killer fucking knockout. It was, it was, it was, it was perfectly planned. He hit him full power while Bryce was walking into him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Set up perfectly, separated him from his conscious, knocked him out. I, I loved it. I loved the fight. I, 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 I had every feeling that that was going to happen. It paid off. Um, the Khalil Roundtree was another great one, right? Agreed. I knew that that was going to happen, and so that that was great. I knew that it was possible, and not just possible. I knew it was highly probable. Mm-hmm. That's why I fucking had talked about it beforehand. But I knew just in that MFI was too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Danny Gay being able to touch him as much as he did, I knew that if you let Emmett touch you like that, dude, it's fucking over. Oh, absolutely. The only way you beat Emmett is by setting up the pockets, getting him to overextend, then teeing off on him when he doesn't. And not and getting make, hit. Exactly. Like, and make him pay for that. Yeah. That's how you beat Emmett. Yeah. Um, but okay. So 
It's, it's a great knockout. It's a fucking phenomenal knockout. And it's a great knockout to end the year, right? Like oh, on yeah. your last card oh, of the yeah. year. It's a great card. It's a great knockout for that. Um, that's That wasn't my pick for knockout of the year. My knockout of the year was Leon versus Usman too. So many great knockouts. So many to fucking have to sit through. I mean, it was, uh, it really was. That was one of the, this was one of the hardest ones for me was this one. Um, what it came down to is this. You have Leon Edwards going for a title shot against everybody considered at that time either the greatest welterweight or just on the cusp yeah. of becoming the greatest welterweight. Yeah. Okay? Then you have the fight itself. Five rounds. And all of everything up until that point was Usman dominating all Edwards, right? Yep. There was the one round where Edwards had got his back, but he didn't do anything with it. No. He got Usman's back and didn't do nothing with it, so it was almost like a stale. Yeah. It wasn't really... It was like, oh, cool, he got a, he got Usman down and got a takedown, or got his, got his back, but that was it. Yeah. And so you had Edwards losing that fight, okay? You had Usman getting ready to have another title defense and, and all the trajectory moving, right? Like, all of history moving that way. One fucking perfectly landed, perfectly planned kick. Mm -hmm. Knocked him out cold. Fucking, you know, left him fucking asleep with his eyes open on the fucking ring. And then it changed the whole trajectory of the sport. Literally, who Edwards became after that, right? Usman being able to fucking refill his old shoes and not and having all the <coughs> problems that he's had right like the, everything changed from that knockout so it wasn't just knocking somebody out and stopping their momentum or changing your own momentum i mean it literally changed the history of the sport it reminded me so much the only thing that i could compare it to was years and years ago of um p williams versus mark coleman ufc 17 mm-hmm. okay um happened um July 1997. Okay. Yeah. You had Mark Coleman at that time. Okay. Same, same scenario. Highly touted wrestler. Okay. Making his way through the heavyweight division. Okay. Yeah. Just destroying everybody. Ragged becoming. On ground and pound yes. And, becoming yeah. the greatest of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. All the trajectory planning that way. Like, here's this dude. At that time, he had won two tournaments, which was like unheard of to win back to back tournaments in yep. the UFC. Right. Because that's yep. when it was still tournament format. So you had this guy doing it. He fought Pete Williams. Pete Williams wasn't supposed to fight him. He was supposed to fight somebody else. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Marie Smith or somebody else. And he couldn't. And and they pulled out, right? So right. then Pete Williams jumped in <clears throat> to fight him last minute, was able to weather the storm, just like mm-hmm. Edwards, able to weather all this all the time. We're late, late, late into the fight. And he fucking catches him. With a fucking with head, head kick head knockout, kick. Yep. fucking and changes and and change the sport with that, and they Absolutely. use that and they use that clip for years and years and years. I mean, that was back in the early days, so it was like anytime you thought of UFC for like a long time, that was the head kick knockout. That's what this reminded me of. That's what this Edwards versus Usman reminded me of was this was um yeah this was this was that moment, but it was in 2023. And then who Edwards has become since then and now kind of solidifying himself as the champion at the top of the division, at least for right now, until mm-hmm. the law gets there. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So all I, all I got to say <clears throat> is that with everything on the line, with the knockout as spectacular as it was, it was a spectacular knockout. See him, his eyes get knocked out and he's asleep while he's still like looking at the, you know. Oh, yeah, scary. It, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary, right? Scary knockout. And just everything else um, to consider 
all the stakes on the line, everything that ended up happening happening afterwards. I'm giving mine to uh, Leon versus Usman. Nice. So. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, the other one I was considering was Gaethje over Poirier. I, I, you know what? And I almost put that on performance of the year. I almost did. Yeah. It's just Gaethje being able to finally put it together and do what he needed to to win in the big moment because that's what it was, right? He's gotten to that point a couple different times in his career where... Well, Poirier's never been knocked out before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And to get it at that point at the career. But, once again, he, what did he use? He used the exact same setup and exactly. knockout kick exactly. that Leon did to his teammate Usman to, head kick. to fucking yep. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yep, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, moving on. You're up. Okay, um, I was like, I just paid everybody right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, which one do we want to save for the end? Fighter of the year. Yeah. Okay. Fight of the year. Um, <sighs> this year was a great year for combat sports there's been some other good years there's been some lackluster years this was a great year for combat sports agreed a lot a lot of great stuff um last year i would say that the last part of last year was top heavy and so maybe the whole year as itself wasn't as good this year was phenomenal Mm -hmm. a lot of great fights to look from um the fight that i picked is fight of the year there are there are some things we can get into and talk about maybe why it wouldn't be considered fight of the year. But what I looked at is what fight that I watched that I was super fucking enthralled in even so much that I've gone back and rewatched it multiple times afterwards. And to this day still like I could put that fight on at any point and be like, you want to know what fighting is? This is fucking fighting, right? Yeah. If I was going to show somebody and be like, this is what fucking fighting is, right? This year, for me, that fight, best fight of the year, Rod Tang versus Superleg. You motherfucker. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Dude, yeah! Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, what a fucking barn oh burner God. that shit was, dude. Oh, my God. See, now, see, now here's the other thing, okay? <clears throat> we had went to see the BKFC live, right? We yeah. had just seen BKFC live. So we had been to a live event Mere hours before we watched. I mean, yeah. an hour or so, yeah, right? Yeah. And then we and then fucking we got done watching the event. We get back to the fucking house, and we're fucking chilling. And I don't remember who it was. You were like, "Hey, that fight was on." I was like, "That fight was on." Some ended up happening. We put the fight on on your iPad, and we both were watching it. We're more excited, <laughs> yeah. more enthralled, and we already knew the fight was already over. Yeah. But yeah. we still were like, "Holy fucking yep. shit!" On the edge of our seats. Every minute of that fucking fight for the whole fucking time. Yeah. I mean, that fight was, dude, that fight was so fucking fireworks. It, it was nasty. Yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. You've got Rod Tang landing more elbows than you could even possibly count. There's like five or six major gashes on Superlex's face. He's bleeding all over the place. But he's not quitting, and he's no. still he's doing he's doing his thing. He's yep. doing super lack. He's landing yep. nasty leg kicks. He's he's got his knees in the clinch. Yep. And <clears throat> I know we we both didn't agree with the judge's decision. Fuck no, dude. But but what a fucking fight! What a balls to the wall! Oh my God. No fucking quit. I know. Nobody's slowing down. Like. Just two guys literally trying to fucking murder each oh, other in dude. there, dude. Yeah, every sense of it. I yeah. mean, and neither of them giving in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Neither of them losing the will to fucking persevere through. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. That was a remarkable fight. That's one of the fights that, I mean, years later, I'll go through and be like, 
You want to see a fucking cigarette? Absolutely. If somebody was like, okay, show me your idea of what a good fight is, I, that would be <laughs> yeah. on the top five yeah. list of all time. Yep. You know what yep. I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah, so definitely. Yeah, and two legends, too, you know? Yes. Uh, such, yeah, such great. Magnitude. And, and, and that's the other thing, because a lot of times when they put those fights on where they have two fucking, you know, highly touted for, uh, champions finally going to face off, how many times do we get those fights and they're lackluster? How many times yeah, do they not deliver? Right. There's too much respect or there's too yeah. much hesitation or no, there was none of that. Nope. I'm pretty sure they're engaging within two or three seconds of the first battle um, dude, and they don't ever stop. They like, don't there's stop. no, yeah. there's no lull no. <laughs> at all. No, no, I know. I know. It's like almost brutal, but it's like, it's those kind of fights that you wish that there wasn't like, you wish they just like <clears throat> continued on. You're like, right. okay. Like, all right, extra round. I mean, extra round. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I thought and, you were going Until one of them says, okay, I can't do it no more. <laughs> like, 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 I don't want to see you die, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> come on. You know? I know. Yeah. Um, I know. And it's almost one of those ones where you wish there weren't break in between rounds. But let's be fair, they had to wipe the blood off Superlex's face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he could see so he could see where he was going to grab Rotting <laughs> yeah. again when Rotting yeah. started finding yeah. those elbows. Absolutely. Yeah, it was nasty. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, what a fucking war. I know. That's when we talked about Robert the year. It could have been put underneath there. But the thing was, was it was such a great fight yeah. that it didn't like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The decision doesn't outweigh the fight. When you talk about the fight, you're like, yeah, that's a bullshit decision. But the fight's so fucking good that you're like, it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Whereas a robbery would be like, dude, that it fucking paints the whole fight a different color. Exactly, you know? exactly. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So here we go. Here we go. The big one. Fighter of the year. Dun, 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 dun. Um, <clears throat> all of my absolute respect and admiration. Okay, but before we fighter. do this, before we do this, let's all right, one last more. one. Here let's we go. One more. Let's have one more. Let's do one more together. Brought to you by Hornitos Hennessy. <laughs> Brought to you by the Double H. I'm gonna try not to choke on this one this time, guys. Cheers. Okay. So, fighter of the year. <clears throat> and I'm interesting to see what kind of arguments could be made for anybody other than this person. Stamp Fairtex. Wow. <clears throat> okay. The fighter of, of 2023. Okay. Absolutely. Not only did she get <clears throat> three wins. Yep. In the calendar year yep. of 2023. Three big fucking wins. But they were all huge. Yep. Two of them were for titles. Yep. In two different sports. In two different sports. So she got two MMA finishes, one for a belt, and she got, <clears throat> I honestly can't remember if it was a Muay Thai or a kickboxing match, but when it comes to stamp, it doesn't even matter. She's got the kickboxing belt, she's got the Muay Thai belt, and she has the MMA belt. Yeah. So... Props to Stamp Fairtex, Fighter of the Year. I highly doubt we'll see anyone have a much better year than she had in 2023. That's true. That's true. Except. You know, I know. Okay. Francis. Francis and Connor. <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he only fought one time. No, but he fought a promotion, the biggest promotion, uh, and beat them. He fought <clears throat> against the heavyweight champion and beat him. He fought the fucking, he fought everybody talking fucking shit, the whole news media as a whole, and beat them. He's the only one who believed in him fucking self, took on all comers, and is standing now with the fucking crown at the end. 
I'll put them both in a ring. I think Stan Fairtex takes them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I ain't going to count her out, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to count her out. She'll no, no. TKO body kicks. Yeah. Seriously, though, come on. No one's ever... Forget what she got accomplished. No one's ever even going to get the opportunity to do what she did in a, in a calendar year. Come on. I know, I know, I know. But here's the thing. You're right. The thing is, is that, like, as a whole, it still sits there that it's pos- it's it's plausible, right? Like, you can go and try to challenge yourself and fight in multiple different uh, sports and win in different titles, especially in a promotion like one, because they'll they'll offer it to you. True. So there is a there is a way there that to make it to fast track it to have it happen in one year. Can it happen? That's fucking tough. Will it happen? Probably fucking not. Yeah. If it wouldn't have been okay, if it wouldn't have been for the fucking stars aligning and this fucking dude to fucking you know come out of the fucking the sand mines of fucking Africa <laughs> and make his way across the fucking Atlantic on a boat to come over here to fucking take a shitty fucking UFC contract to win the fucking title to then tell the UFC to fucking shove it up their ass to then go on to fucking, you know, take the fight against the heavyweight champion who for all re- intents and purposes shouldn't have taken the fight. It was right. no reason for him to, yeah. but he was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let this happen. Like there is so many things that it, that had to go in place for this to happen that when we look at fighter of the year if we were going to go off performances alone stamp would probably have to be up there i would have even thrown alex pajera in there why he got knocked out and he came back and got the champion in our division you tell me who else has got knocked out for their title and came back in the same calendar year and won the next title above i don't think it's ever fucking happened okay bj pam he didn't get knocked out at 155. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying, okay? Yeah. You get knocked out against your against your All old right. rival, okay. come back and get the title in the next weight division up, then offer to have the rematch up there, okay? I mean, super phenomenal, okay? Both of those would have been marvelous picks. I wouldn't have... I'm not going to argue with you on it. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that when it comes to the fight, there's much more than just the fighting in the ring. We talk about this a lot of times. The training, the mental preparation, all of that to be considered is a, is a huge part of the fight. Everything, all the fights that Francis had to go against this year in order for him to win out, for him to become the motherfucking king with the crown. I mean, will that ever happen again? Could it ever happen again? No, probably not. <clears throat> uh, no, I'll give you that. And as far as one of the biggest wins in MMA history... Uh, Francis taking on the UFC machine. I, absolutely. You got to give it to him for that. Yeah. You got to give it to him for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was probably the biggest story this year was Francis versus... I agree. Francis and everything he did. Yeah. Francis leaving the UFC. Francis yeah. fighting the UFC. Francis fucking going to PFL. Francis fighting Fury. Francis fucking... You know what I'm saying? It probably yeah. was the biggest story this year. So... Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still feel like just based on what Stamp did in the ring... You know, I mean, for all that, for all that talking, for all the pomp and circumstance, she got in the ring in multiple disciplines and came out victorious. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But you're also a guy that's grown up watching boxing. OK, mm-hmm. you tell me if at ever in time in history could a MMA heavyweight champion go into a boxing ring, fight the boxing heavyweight champion and fucking win. No, no. Just looking at previous heavyweight champion title yeah. holders. I no. mean, most of them wouldn't have even fucking taken the fight. It wouldn't have even happened. No, no. 
No, uh, no, uh, no you, you're right. I mean, we, we did that whole we did that whole spiel on how well Francis did, and again, what made it so impressive because everyone knew Francis had power, right? Yeah. There's been heavyweights yeah. that had power. Like I might have given um, Arlovski a good shot yeah. in a boxing ring against one of the one of Mark the champs. Hunt. Um, right. M- Mark Hunt for had sure, great absolutely. Power. Yeah. Not only did he have great power, but he was a slick striker. He'd been in K1. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's definitely got skills, <clears throat> but and, and Francis gets the knockdown um, over the Gypsy King, and and that was impressive. We we feel we felt like we knew that was going to happen because we'd seen Francis's power. Yeah. What we didn't, or at least I didn't think I would see, was him outboxing. Yeah. Like, just straight yeah. up outboxing yeah. <laughs> the like, heavyweight champ. And not only that, but here he comes from MMA, and his clinch game is next level for yeah. boxing. What he oh, yeah. offered in that fight oh, yeah. to show, that was a new wrinkle in boxing. Oh, yeah. That's like, hold up. There's a whole nother clinch game here that you guys aren't utilizing. And that's a sport that's been around way longer. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's there's just there's so many wrinkles to it, and then moving forward, what that's going to end up happening, what it ends up happening, what it showcases for other fighters mm-hmm. to look up, to see that, to have that that guiding star that's up there to be like, look, it can be possible, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the kind of thing <clears throat> where I'm just like, you know, it's to me, it's bigger than any belts, any promotion. It's 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 it's, it's fucking a huge deal. It's part of the whole overall fighting and life thing and so yeah so i so i got francis i know and it's and it's good and you know i got mad respect for francis but uh, you know stamps stamps trajectory stamps career i know you know being a, a kickboxing legend going into muay thai wrecking it there and and you know much like the boxers don't do, but having the balls to make that transition to MMA, I know, and having to deal with all that, and then being as successful as she as she yeah. was, and like you said, that wasn't her first attempt at no, an MMA at, belt. Nope. She lost to Angela Lee, yep, and who ended up, you know, because of whatever she's got going on in her personal life, having to uh, relinquish that belt, yep. Um, but for her to stick with it even after losing to Angela Lee. I know. And no, I know. And that's why I gave her my performance. I'm telling you. Because all of that, you're right. I'm with you. 100%. <clears throat> Just not my fighter. <laughs> okay. All right. She, don't get me wrong. She's my fucking fighter. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying. So. And she does it with style, too. That's the best uh, thing about style. Yes. Man. yes. Not only is she cute as a button, but yep. her intro dances. Yep. Like and just the way she folds people, yeah. With the body and shots, then man. I know she comes out dancing like she's like cute and like you know like girly and all that, and then goes in there and just fucking puts it on her fucking opponents. I mean that body kick that she lands on people. I mean it's fucking devastating. Oh yeah, it's so devastating. And for her to be, you know, um, you know the the size that she is and stuff. I mean it just it- one fifteen. I know that's what I'm saying. And I mean <laughs> when it fucking hits, it's like everybody folds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like you're gonna you're gonna fold. You know. Yeah. And fucking Ham was so game in that fucking fight. True. She was coming in there and landing the right hand. She broke her face up. She took Ham- her down. No, I know Ham was trying yeah. to fucking win that fight. She believed in herself hundred percent. But that fucking body kick, man, that yep. fu- it shuts you down. You can't, you can't. It shuts the whole system down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're not tough enough to fake not being hurt by that. I know, I know, I know. And and truly, that is a that's a big big story about what happens moving forward this year with Stamp, right? And, right. And all the different titles. What happens with Francis is a huge story. 
Um, the only other thing that I'm going to say is that this, we talked about it before, but the whole fighter lawsuit against uh, UFC. the UFC is going to trial here in April. Mm-hmm. That will probably, I mean, no matter how you cut it, that's probably going to end up being the biggest story of this next year. The best thing about that is generally when things go to trial, information that normally would not be public oh, becomes yeah. public. Oh, yeah. Just think about what came out before. I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's 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 the best thing about it. Yeah. I mean, the we'll, discovery process. Exactly. Win or lose, we're gonna we're gonna become real intimate with how the UFC conducts business and draws up contracts and how they manipulate fighters. The inner workings. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be great. But another great year. Another great year. Another great year down. Another great year, Scrapcast. Shout outs to uh, everybody who put in their questions over the last year. Shout out to everybody who's listening. Everybody who comments on the shit. You know, um, even the people that uh, <laughs> sorry need, about your mom. Yeah, need a clap back. You know, <laughs> we're here. We're here for you. Okay, it's all. It's all love. It's all love. It's all good. We appreciate everybody, and we look forward to next year. So yep. that's why we dropped this on you. Special show for the year. Scrapcast 2023. And we this has been Scrapcast.